What is up, everybody? Welcome to Undercovered Ops. Back with the NFC East today. Just a couple more episodes of Undercovered Ops before we take a little bit of a break and come back for the season, weeks one through 18. Today, I got to thank the sponsor of the show, and that is Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz is about in the dynasty community. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round options. They have everything over at Reality Sports Online. You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock draft free agency auction. If you like what you see, use that promo code UNDERWORLD to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Go check them out. But today, we're going to be talking about the NFC East, like I said at the top. In the NFC East, you have a lot of question marks. Is it the Dallas Cowboys year? Are the Eagles creating a super team of sorts through free agency and through the NFL draft. When you look at the Vegas odds on who's going to win this division, Dallas is favored at plus 115, and the Eagles are close behind at plus 185. Washington is in the rear view mirror at plus 500, and the New York Giants bring up the rear at plus 800. Now, where would you put your money at on that? I think a lot of the money is going to be ending up on Dallas and Philadelphia, but I think the New York Giants are a sneaky, sneaky sprinkle. I would not be betting much, but a sneaky, sneaky sprinkle on the New York Giants. Can Brian Dayball come over and elevate Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley being healthy? Can Kenny Galladay stay healthy? Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau in the, in the draft this year. A lot of moving parts with the New York Giants. And if there is any type of health at the wide receiver position, at the running back position, on the offensive line, and any improvement on defense, you could see the New York Giants playing for the NFC East Championship come December. Let's jump into the show and talk a little bit about the teams, though. Let's talk about the favorites at plus 115, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, you're, you're very um, used to this team, right? We talk about Tony Pollard all the time. We talk about how high-powered and how potent this Dallas Cowboys offense is. But when you look at it, why is it that way? It's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is the, the shootout king, right? The schedule this year, Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Los Angeles Rams uh, in the first five weeks, Packers, Vikings as well down the stretch. It, it, it leaves a lot of opportunity for Dak Prescott in fantasy. When you look about the vacated opportunities in this offense, there's only vac- 35 vacated carries because Zeke and Tony Pollard are still there. But from the target standpoint, there's 205 vacated targets. And we'll be talking about one prospect specifically from the NFL draft this past year that is going to elevate into the opportunities um, from those 205 targets. And looking at the 2021 year and some statistics on the line in 2021 that talk about a few key wide receivers in the NFC East, and that is Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper. And the difference is Amari Cooper's gone. Amari Cooper was top 30 in routes run. Amari Cooper was in the top half in deep targets, in air yard share, and all these 
different metrics where CeeDee Lamb was just as well in the top 30, but he was also in the top 20 in yards after catch per game, yards after catch per reception. CeeDee Lamb is the supreme talent in the NFC East at the wide receiver position. I know A.J. Brown is in Philadelphia, and I know the most overrated wide receiver in the NFC East is Terry McLaurin in Washington. I still like Terry, but he is becoming one of the most overrated players in the National Football League at the wide receiver position. The player that I'm looking at most in Dallas is none other than the main man, Jalen Tolbert, out of Southern Alabama. Talked about him time after time after time after time. So those of you that have stuck through time and time again, I'm not going to dig too deep into Jalen Tolbert other than reminding you that he's 23 years old. He runs at 449. We have him best comparable to Adam Thielen for a reason, not because Thielen was undrafted, but because Tolbert went round three and exposed players in college. 96 percentile college target share. He went back to Southern Alabama. He could have came out after the 2020 season and he had a thousand yard year. And it was like, all right, this is the time for the early early declared Jalen Tolbert. Instead, instead he takes that 32% target share, goes back to Southern Alabama, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, why? Tolbert's not going to get another 32% target share, is he? Major Applewhite leaves Alabama, goes to Southern Alabama. I've talked about this one before as well. He goes to South Alabama and coaches Jalen Tolbert in 2021, where Tolbert absolutely destroys everybody at that level. 1,400 yards, nearly 1,500, and a 33% target share playing under Major Applewhite, who, if you remember right, coached Devontae Smith at Alabama, and he had nothing but glowing remarks for none other than Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert is going to be that guy that, that lines up outside as his number two receiver in this offense outside of C.D. Lamb. I think you're going to see him play a lot of that Michael Gallup role. They compared him to Gallup and Lamb in the rookie camp. Now, as the fall camp rolls around, you're going to see more and more Tolbert highlights. He's going off the board 143 overall on Underdog. Use the promo code Underworld for a deposit match bonus up to $100. Pick 143 for Jalen Tolbert. Again, is just way too late in this offense with this opportunity. Michael Gallup is still injured, and Amari Cooper is gone. Not there. Not in Dallas. Not anymore. Jalen Tolbert's that guy. We're going to continue to hammer on Jalen Tolbert. The other position, obviously, is Tony Pollard at the running back position. And you see, again, he's not 25 years old, and Ezekiel Elliott is still there. The podfather is worried about Ezekiel Elliott. I am not. I think Ezekiel Elliott is still going to get his opportunities. And I think worst-case scenario for Zeke, best-case scenario for Tony Pollard, it's a 50-50 split similar to what we saw from Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon during the 2021 season. You look at Tony Pollard, he finished 21st in the NFL with .92 fantasy points per opportunity. I think you keep him on the field just enough, but not too much, so he can still keep those great opportunities and those efficient and clean and healthy opportunities and be a top 20 running back on a points-per-game basis. He was also number one on yards per route run, number three in catch rate, and number two yards per touch. Number three breakaway rate. I mean, you can go on and on about Tony Pollard, the athleticism. We've known this since he came out of the University of Memphis, uh, best comparable to Kenyon Drake. There's not a lot that needs to be said about Tony Pollard. He's still going off the board at number 82 overall. It's getting to the point where it's a bit rich for a guy that finishes RB28 last year and his upside with no injury is that RB18 to 20 area. Obviously, with an injury to Zeke Elliott, which we're never going to hope for injuries, his upside is obviously RB you know, top five. He's, he's in that Camara conversation with his abilities and what he can do on the field. But you wish cash getting an injury. We can't do that in fantasy football. You have to trust that Zeke is going to be on the field, and you have to trust that at worst it's going to be a 50-50 split unless an injury happens. 
At wide receiver, we talked about CeeDee Lamb already. He finishes wide receiver 19 last season. He's going off the board at number 13.3 on underdog as we speak. He dipped a little bit. He's rising back up. By the end of the conversation, I think he might end up being a first-round pick. Again, last year, you look at the numbers for CeeDee Lamb. Yes, he had some drops, but he was scoring touchdowns, and he was getting the opportunities, and the opportunities are the number one thing in this offense. Number 21 in targets, well-playing with Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup, with Dalton Schultz, with Tony Pollard, with Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to get his opportunities. You're going to see those big games from CeeDee Lamb like he did last year, 9 for 149, two touchdowns against the New England Patriots. We all remember that big game. We're going to continue to see those blast outs against the Falcons, against the Patriots, against the Giants. He's going to continue to do this, and it's only going to happen more and more often because if you look back at those stat lines from last year when he didn't score two touchdowns, when he didn't go for over 100 yards, he was still getting 13 targets, and he still finished with seven receptions for 89. He's still getting 10 targets, nine targets, even with five targets, four for 66. That's double-digit fantasy points on just five targets you're gonna get a a full season of cd lamb as the number one wide receiver in the dallas cowboys offense i think that's only going to be a rocket shit to mars and i think elon musk can get on track with that one let's move on to the new york giants the new york football giants who i spoke about just a minute ago the overall win total in vegas is seven seven they're favored to finish fourth in the NFC East, but their win total is seven. They went four and 13 last season. Saquon Barkley is back this year. Kenny Galladay is presumed to be out of that club with his girlfriend, not taking pictures with an injured hip. Presumed to be. I don't know. He still might be in there. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But Saquon Barkley is back. 28% juke rate in 2021. And he's playing alongside Matt Breida. He's playing alongside these backs that are, are they there's quite frankly nothing to offer in this New York Giants backfield. I was just talking about this on Monday night at the Early Risers Best Ball Show with my main man Jacob Sanderson. We drafted AJ Dillon and Saquon Barkley. And you look at the depth chart in New York again, Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, Jay Sean Corbin. I don't care what you think about Jay Sean Corbin, he might be decent, but we're talking about a team that didn't go get anybody else after Saquon Barkley had his ACL injury, had his ankle sprain injury. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens and they had J.K. Dobbins and they go get Mike Davis, they bring back Gus Edwards, they go draft Tyler Batty. You're looking at a team that's worried and they're going to run the ball versus the Giants who they see Saquon is healthy and they trust that he's going to stay healthy and stay on the field and he's going to continue to get those opportunities. I'm I'm very excited about Saquon Barkley. You can get him right now in the middle of the second round. He was he was way 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 down and he's risen over the last month. We're talking we're talking fourth fifth round into the third, and now over the last just couple weeks, he's up into the second round. He's another candidate, just like CeeDee Lamb, to get pushed up to that 201 conversation where he should be going off the board. Again, that's RB10 um, from a ADP standpoint where he finished his RB7 in 2019, his last full healthy season. RB3, his rookie season, averaging 24 fantasy points per game with those 91 receptions. Do I think they push him to a full tilt where he gets those 91 receptions, where he gets those 260 carries, I do not think that happens, but what I do think is possible is that 217 carries, that 50 reception output that we saw in 2020, in 2019 from Saquon Barkley, where he averaged 19 fantasy points per game, and he finished seventh in the NFL in fantasy points per game. Saquon Barkley is electric, and when you look back at that 2019 season and you see just the sheer opportunity, 88% opportunity share, number three in the NFL, number eight in targets, and from top to bottom, Saquon Barkley was creating plays. 
number three in yards per touch, number three in yards created per touch. And he was the feature of this offense. He's going to continue to be the feature of this offense. Just 25 years old. You still have one to two years of full tilt Saquon Barkley from a talent and athleticism standpoint. The 4-4-0, everyone's like, well, is he going to have the burst? Is he going to have that 97th percentile burst, that 100th percentile speed score when he comes back from this ankle injury and ACL injury? I believe so. Keep pressing the button on Saquon Barkley in round two. That's going to be a must draft. The other question mark in this New York Giants offense goes to the wide receiver position. Now, let's talk about opportunity. Vacated targets, 226 in this offense, 146 carries. I think we're pretty sure that a bulk of those carries goes to Saquon, but 226 vacated targets. John Ross, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, exit. Evan Ingram goes to Jacksonville. John Ross, Kyle Rudolph, who cares? Enter Ricky Seals-Jones. That's it. Enter Ricky Seals-Jones. Evan Ingram's gone. It's Sterling Shepard if he doesn't retire. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney is going to be a guy, if he stays on the field, that will just... But we, we saw it against the Dallas Cowboys last year, right? We saw that one game where he goes off, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 189 yards. He scores almost 30 fantasy points. He's a top five wide receiver. He showed you what the ceiling is. The ceiling is, I can do what anybody in the NFL can do. But he also... Got himself kicked out of the game. He also struggled with a lot of injuries during the 2021 season. An ankle sprain, a quad contusion, oblique, shoulder, the whole body, knees, ankles, hands, toes, feet, ankles, head, ears. Everything was injured on Kadarius Tony at some point during the 2021 season. If he stays healthy and he stays on the field, Kadarius Tony going off the board at the end of the seventh, early eighth round on underdog is going to be a considerable value. Uh, that's wide receiver 41, where if you look on a points per game basis, eight points per game last year. He showed you, like I said, he showed you 29 fantasy points against the Dallas Cowboys. He can be a top five guy. I'm not saying he is, but he showed you he can be. 39 receptions, 420 yards on 57 targets in just 10 games last year. That's six targets per game, 4-4-3 speed. Kadarius Toney, watch out for him with the New York Giants. The one guy that is an undercovered op and that is a sleeper that I am definitely paying attention to and definitely drafting in Dynasty, I've talked about this guy before, is none other than Daniel Bellinger, best comparable to Foster Moreau, 4.6, 340-yard dash, 80th percentile speed score drafted in the fourth round. Again, Evan Ingram's gone. You're talking about Ricky Seals-Jones, and you're talking about Daniel Bellinger at tight end position for the New York Giants. I think they're going to feature him. I think you look at him like Dayball's going to look at him like a Dawson Knox. They're going to look at Ricky Seals-Jones as the starter entering the season, but I think by week four, five, six, Bellinger's going to start leaning on Ricky Seals-Jones and being the better athlete and being the better player, and you're going to get a Dawson Knox-like experience from the San Diego State native. 500 yards combined over the last two seasons with just two touchdowns at San Diego State. He really didn't do a lot in the passing game, but Daniel Bellinger, six foot five, 250 pounds, go get some Daniel Bellinger, you know, get a 10%, 15% share on underdog. Go get him in dynasty. In redraft, obviously you're not going to touch him right now, but you're going to keep your eye on him because he's a guy, if you don't go after the top end guys, that you're going to be able to watch. And if his opportunities start jumping week to week. When I'm when I'm tweeting out opportunities and I go, Daniel Bellinger, 11%. Week two, Daniel Bellinger, 27%. Daniel Bellinger, 41% in week three. You're going to go, oh, he just crested 40%. Now I'm really watching 50%. Now I'm adding because Bellinger is going to take that next step in 2021. Nobody cares about the New York Giants, so let's move on. Let's go to the Washington Commanders because even less people care about them. 
Carson Wentz comes over from the Indianapolis Colts. It's a very interesting dynamic here looking at Indianapolis versus Washington. Obviously, we know what Jonathan Taylor is at the running back position, the super freak athlete. But there's only one running back in the NFL right now that is closest closest comparable to Jonathan Taylor. And it's not Brees Hall. It's Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has that athleticism, has that speed, has that burst, has that explosion. Okay, so we have the running back that's close to the same. Again, we know there's other guys in this backfield close to the same. You look at the wide receiver position, Michael Pittman in 2021 with Carson Wentz, 129 targets, 88 receptions, 1,082 yards, and six touchdowns. You look at Terry McLaurin with Washington without Carson Wentz in 2021, 131 targets, two more than Pittman, 77 receptions, 11 less, and 1,053 yards, 30 less with one less touchdown. Very eerily similar. You look at the backup wide receivers in both situations, Colts, Paris Campbell, Washington, Curtis Samuel, both guys run that 4-3-1, both guys from Ohio State. They are dynamic athletes that cannot stay on the field. So what did the Washington Commanders go add? They went and added another than Jahan Dotson, best comparable to Tyler Lockett on playerprofiler.com, 85th percentile 40-yard dash from Penn State. Instead of Ohio State to go to Penn State, use that 16th overall pick ahead of Traylon Burks on Jahan Dotson. This guy was expected to be the dude at the Senior Bowl. He didn't show up. 96 percentile college target share. Jahan Dotson's a very exciting guy. He's currently going to board 138 on underdog. I think Jahan Dotson's going to be a value in season long because you look at the opportunities in Washington. 160 vacated targets. Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball deep. And if it's not going close to the line of scrimmage to the Curtis Samuels, to the J.D. McKissicks, to the Antonio Gibsons. He's going to be throwing downfield to McLaurin and downfield to Dotson. This is going to be one of the most dynamic downfield duos in the NFL. Dynamic downfield duos. That's three Ds right there because they don't have a fourth one, which is on the defense for the Washington Commanders. Because of injuries and age, they've just given up all of the flexibility that they had. Tim Settle's gone. Matthew Adonis is gone. John Bostic is gone. And the backhand just keeps to continue to get shaky with Landon Collins and DeShazer Everett out in Washington. A couple of players that I want to focus on with the Washington Commanders other than the one and the only Jahan Dotson. Cole Turner. Cole Turner is a very interesting guy. We looked at him entering the Senior Bowl as a very interesting prospect at the tight end position. Of course, they have Semis Reyes in Washington. Logan Thomas still obviously has that ACL injury. He's coming back. He's expected back, but there's a lot of question in the air whether he plays week one or not. Cole Turner, 6'6", 250 pounds, runs at 4.76, which is 55th percentile. He's 22 years old. He played with Carson Strong at University of Nevada. Cole Turner can get the job done. He's a very large, athletic, soft body. He is the, I wouldn't say master beta at the tight end position, but he's very soft. He's just not a dog, and he can go out there and do it. 600 yards each of the last two seasons, nine touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. Cole Turner has the talent to get the job done, but Logan Thomas, nobody nobody ever claimed that Logan Thomas was a dog by any means. So I'm very interested in Cole Turner. I'm going to be watching him as the season gets closer through these training camps over the next four weeks and see if Cole Turner can earn that number one job um, replacing Logan Thomas while Logan Thomas is, is away. Let's talk about the most interesting team in the NFC East, the team that everyone expects to take the next leap. They go out, they trade for A.J. Brown on draft night. Instead of drafting a guy like Traylon Burks, they trade away that 17th overall pick to the Tennessee Titans so they could get A.J. Brown and the Tennessee Titans could get Traylon Burks. A lot of people expect these two players to be very similar at the NFL level. 
Philadelphia, obviously new tops in the NFL in rush attempts, in rushing yards, in rushing touchdowns, and near the bottom in pass attempts, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is an absolute maniac. And Jalen Hurts is my must-draft quarterback for the fantasy football season. I'm very excited about Jalen Hurts from a wide receiver one upside output stance. Best comparable to Robert Griffin III. Obviously, there's not a lot that needs to be said. He was the art... He was the QB six in 2021. And when you look at the game log, it's week after week after week after week after week after week after week of top 10, top 10, top 10. He just continues to do it. You see 28 fantasy points against Atlanta in week one, six, 10, 10, four, seven, five, six, 25, 12, six, three, three, six. Jalen Hurts is going to be a top 10 guy week in and week out because that rushing ability uh, stands for that. 60 yards, 80, 30, 40, 30, 40, 60, 70, 60, 70, 60, 70, 30, 40. He's going to get those opportunities. He's going to take those opportunities because he can because he can escape sacks. He can evade tackles, and he can get the ball downfield if he has to. Now he has A.J. Brown. You mean less players in the box? And I, the, the Miles Sanders question was brought to me the other day. Does Miles Sanders have any dog in him? Is Miles Sanders a beta? What's the problem with Miles Sanders? I don't think Miles Sanders is a beta per se. I don't think he's a dog neither. I think he's, he, he rides somewhere in between the pine because he understands the aspect of the NFL game, and that is to win football games and to be the best teammate possible. So I, I credit Miles Sanders for speaking up and saying, you know, I don't give a damn about your fantasy football team. I'm here to win NFL games. I'm not here to win fantasy games on Mondays for you guys. I'm here to win NFL games, and if that NFL game calls for me to rush for 20 yards and hurts to go for a buck 20, he's going to allow that to happen. But if they need Sanders, I think he has the athletic ability and the ability and the talent to stand up and do the job and i think everybody in philadelphia knows that but the fact that they brought in kenny gainwell the fact that they brought in guys like kennedy brooks are very of question to a lot of people watching the the philadelphia eagles kennedy brooks an undrafted guy expected to come in and fill in for jordan howard jordan howard's a 230 pound guy kennedy brooks is 209 pounds they don't have anybody heavier it's kenny gainwell it's miles sanders and, and kennedy brooks is expected to be that bruiser guy best compared to wayne goleman I mean, he rushed for 1,000 yards 2018, 2019, and 2021 at Oklahoma with a, a bevy of talent around him, including Ramondre Stevenson, Eric Gray, and others. He had an ACL injury. Kennedy Brooks is very interesting. Kennedy Brooks is one of those guys that could be an undrafted that you know takes that Philip Lindsay role, and if he gets an opportunity, if an injury happens, if Miles Sanders gets hurt, you could see Kennedy Brooks actually leaping Kenny Gainwell through this process because we look at Kenny Gainwell – Again, he's 5'8", 201. We saw what he did last year. 68 carries, 33 receptions, 50 targets. He can score fantasy points from the receiver position, but he is going to fall into that same mold of the Tony Pollards of this world. Number seven in fantasy points per opportunity in 2021. Number six in yards per route run. I think Kenny Gainwell is a special, special talent, but I think if an injury were to happen to Miles Sanders, it wouldn't be Kenny Gainwell. I'm drafting Kenny Gainwell in the Scott Fishbowl right now because I need PPR points because I did a zero RB strategy. In the NFL or in season long, you're going to be looking at Kennedy Brooks because Kennedy Brooks is going to be the guy that leaps Kenny Gainwell. Kennedy, 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 Kennedy's going to jump Kenny if Miles is injured. And I think that is a very interesting aspect that not a lot of people have thought of. I know Boston Scott is still there as well, but I think Kennedy Brooks ends up being your undercovered op of the preseason if an injury happens in Philadelphia.
Do me a favor. If you like this video, please click that like button, click that subscribe, leave a comment. Tell me what you think about my takes on this show. Do you like Kennedy Brooks? Do you hate Kennedy Brooks? Do you like Miles Sanders? What are your thoughts? I want to know. Jump in there. Also, come over to patreon.com forward slash Carpenter NFL to join listener leagues and join the discord for everyday advice and one-on-one conversation with yours truly.